Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in him. Hello and welcome back to Jackson. I'm Tamau. Greg Pappas in studio and on the board. S&P futures up to 225. Nasdaq futures up 275. Market is, seems uh, happy just here and wants to go higher, I think. Um, I'm not sure why it continues not to go higher, but it does. I mean, it's, uh, it's always good when markets go higher. I'm not so sure that the... Positive drift. The positive drift, which is, which is fine. Um, Inflation, maybe. Uh... Yeah, we still have a lot of that, don't we? Macroeconomic concerns. Yes. Do we have uh, Mr. Kevin? Good morning. Yes, you do have me. And Positive Drift, what do you think? Would that be a, that would be a good name for like a, a soft jazz band? Sounds like a med- medical yeah. condition, maybe? Yeah, not so much. Yeah, a, it, could, so much. it could be a medical condition. Positive Drift, um, that means you're gaining weight? Yeah, it could be a... a could, what, how about fantasy football team? Um, not so much a softball nah, team. Nah, nah. Not so much my favorite, my favorite for that is vicious wiener dogs. Oh god! Um, you know, I've, I'm, 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 I don't know if you, you creatures that are on the show with me are, are changing me or whatever, or maybe everybody gives me so much stuff going to uh, interesting, uh, interesting articles I'm getting from people. But I got two yesterday that just, I don't think, I don't think we're that we can. Uh, how can I put this? correctly never be the same yeah well we talk about stuff all the time as you know as both of you know and it, and it always seems to have a there's somewhat of a theme to it at least to me every once in a while some article hits and it just it just like takes everything we've been we've been sort of been saying for months or years and just kind of sits there and go there it is <laughs> it's like the weirdest damn thing I, I should have sent this to you yesterday kevin but i didn't we're in a somewhat of a fast market my Bloomberg, or not my Bloomberg, my IB was down, and I ended up, imagine me talking to some uh, uh, back office guy from God knows where, India or someplace, oh, go to your computer and uh, go do this, do this, wait, wait, wait wait a minute, start from the beginning, where do I go? You gotta do the screen share. (laughs) Yeah, well, I wasn't gonna do that, but anyway, go to this, go to that, finally, he finds a a, a big file where I downloaded the thing originally, and there's three of them in there, so he just deletes this one, and all of a sudden the thing comes back with like a year ago version, but it works, so. I guess I don't. Really, I don't even want to know what the hell he did. But I get this article. <clears throat> I don't know that much about this uh, RFK Jr. guy, but I will say this: I don't think uh, our president should underestimate him too much. I mean, he res- resonates with some people. 
Uh, and I don't think the president really does. Anyway, he... Uh, he could probably pull more of the Republican side than Biden. Well, that that's well. Actually, though, he's he is he's polling in the teens in the in the upper half of the teens um, uh, among Democrats. So you know, now I I think it's really I I don't think people um, totally buy the RFK Jr. line on across the board. Um, and, and there's there's a lot of stuff in there that uh, that would be cause for concern, but. But when it comes to a handful of things, he's got an audience, and he's got an audience that uh, that agrees with him very much so. So um, uh, you know, and he's he's done some real. He, he, they did a, a a movie, you know, a whole movie skewering Fauci. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things in there where um, that that has a really really strong audience. And I, so what what it really tells me when he uh, when he's polling such as he is, is that um, it is not that he's gonna win. It's just that tells me that even among Democrats there is a strong appetite for an alternative to Biden. What if Biden the problem him? is I don't see anybody in their party that's a great alternative to Biden. You know that where you look and say, oh, I, you know that that person, that that man, that woman uh, would be great. Um, well, the thing that uh, appeals to me, and I, I probably don't know as much about his background as you do, but he's really not afraid. To make a make a stand and say something, and, and like the CIA killed his family. Yeah, well, <laughs> he I, says I, it. I tell you what, I've thought that <laughs> forever. But uh, it's incredible that you can say but, it. Well, I mean, this is America. You're and, and live. Well, <laughs> and live. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's well. That's if that's a problem. That's a problem. I mean, uh, I mean, I we've we've talked anecdotally, me from the economic side, you guys from, uh, you know, from the moon stuff. You well, the moon or whatever, but about the intimidation that went down during this COVID stuff. And I have a friend who's a doctor, happens to be a she, tells me she got a letter from a state med board that if she said anything against the vaccines, they were going to revoke her license. Got to stay on message. Got to stay on, on message. message. Now, this thing that he's talking about... He well, you also had um, people threatening to pull the license for uh, prescribing alternative treatments. Yep. Uh, and and you also had, um, you know, if you were part of a, a big conglomerate, they were telling people absolutely not. And then you even had pharmacists who would take a legitimately written prescription and say, I refuse to fill it. Well, I mean, I, the thing that's interesting about this was when you follow the money it's it you usually can say duh i mean when when and people are i don't know why must be differences in education or something kevin people need need to look forward and say okay if we do this what's the likely outcome and i, and I don't that think that is way too complicated <laughs> well <laughs> it, well i'm saying i it, i'm gonna put two stories here together last night i was waiting for i had a I was so, so disgusted with my machine, I went over and had a huge workout, Kevin. So I, one of my buddies doesn't get off till 7 o'clock, so I was done working out at 6.30. So I stopped downstairs, watched the Sox game, and then give him a ride home. Uh, but I'm watching uh, this sports thing, and they're talking about some guy on one of the teams all of a sudden gets arrested for betting. Or not arrested, but they're looking into his betting. Well, anybody who sees this growth of sports betting doesn't think that there's going to be a problem down the line with a referee or a player really doesn't have a brain cell working. <laughs> yeah, we had them in, we had them anyway. So, yeah. you know, just just make it more available and see what happens. Well, anyway, this this is an epic time story. So, you know, I, I'm a little light on those things, but 
RFK Jr. says Fox News didn't know. I'm sure it's not just Fox. Now, why single out Fox? Didn't run negative vaccine stories to keep big pharma appetizers, advertisers. But anybody who doesn't think in this day of age and the amount of money these advertisers spend. That's a big contingent is, on yeah, Fox, it, right? Yeah, that somehow your editorial stuff isn't swayed by that. Something's really wrong with you. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know. What, I, you know, I hate to say that to people, but what, duh. I mean, you know, what is it? Money talks and BS walks, right? It, well, is there is there anything that hasn't been uh, um, sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech lately? I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for the day, and I don't know who, who would have the stones to do it. And I don't know if this guy's the guy or whatever who the hell this guy is. Maybe the guy. I mean, I don't know who would have the stones after after a campaign and after you need these people's money. And after the the ability they have to absolutely skewer you, now I got to believe if this guy actually gets close and he says something about going after big pharma, somehow, some way, somebody will dig something out of his past where he, you know, l- looked at some ten year old girl or something walking down the street, which he probably never did. That's I, a given. It's, I mean, it's, I've I, typed so, in uh, RFK opinions just now, and it said, <laughs> and into Google, RFK opinions. You know, no, no politics or anything. It says would be the worst possible president, Kennedy. That's the Daily Beast. The Guardian says RFK Jr. has conversations with dead people, and then Washington Post says RFK Jr.'s campaign is pure Trump. Those are the top three on Google. Okay, so there, there already he must have. He's got enemies in the wrong places. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and somehow the problem, Kevin, in, in this country, somehow, someday those enemies are the people that have to be stopped in, the, in their size and their influence and their stuff. So I don't know how in an, an elected society, how anybody even anticipates you can go against those kinds of people and still win when those are the people you're after. Well, it, what happens is you have this um, this close close tie, this close alignment between media, a uniparty government, uh, government, and uh, and a lot of wealth. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, so, you know, are there rogues out there? Absolutely, and they're and and thanks to the internet, they are uh, available. But you know, you, it's it's hard to find them, and uh, they're under constant attack. I mean, we're we're never and, and and in many cases deserved, but not wrong in every aspect of what they believe. Well, even if they're wrong in some aspect of uh, aspects of what they believe. Well, I mean, we don't really know. I mean, the, the people on the show. I mean, me, I'll admit one hundred percent. I don't. I wouldn't not be able to tell you, chapter and verse, you know, how exactly. You know the these people operate in terms of behind the scenes and who, you know, the, the drug companies and so forth. Plus, Pfizer is not even in the U.S., is it? Or maybe it is. I'm not sure. Did you check on that, uh, Gregor? Isn't there, are they from your? Whatever. I think they might have an office here, but I don't know where they're. The CEO, I don't think, is from the U.S. But the. Uh, is in the I, mean, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you a chapter verse. I'm just saying, when you look at the money and you look at the progress, things are. You could pretty much. What, what did uh, the, what, Wood, Woodward's famous line? Follow the money. Mm-hmm. Pfizer was founded 1849, Brooklyn, New York. And I, I think their biggest thing was, didn't they start out making penicillin? I, I think I think the BioNTech merger, I, wasn't that Germany? Yeah. Right, but they, they uh, what was their, their first major drug was penicillin, right? I think. On it. Uh, and they've had, but I now it's, it's reached the point where, I mean, all, all the stuff we talk about, uh, Kevin, is, you know, what, what percentage of the, the actual cash now does a 
company like Pfizer, when I say cash, cash flow, what percentage of the, do the top 300 management people or 200 management people get versus the investors? What, how does that percentage change over the decades? I think we know the answer to that. Are you including stock? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I, I think the, I mean, all, to where these people that are just essentially employees, you know, but they're, 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 you know, they're, they're movie star employees running these places, they have, they've become the rulers of the world. And I, I don't know that that's a real plus. They're not elected by anybody. They're not as, as, as well. Jamie Dimon might run for president, right? Well, like I That's said, what like Bill I Ackman said, I mean wants. that guy. You know, I, I wouldn't trust him as far as whatever. But I just, you know, every everything these people say is is their own stuff. I, I, don't, I don't. How about uh, what's his name from Disney? Bob Iger. Yeah, well, he's you know, president he's, material. Well, everybody, well, anybody who's, who they look at on TV and see their face, they think is president material. How do you think Trump got in? Because uh, he was on TV. TV. Well, somehow, I, mean, I guess we get what we deserve, Kevin, or whatever, but I don't, uh, the other one here is, here's another guy that I, I probably wasn't all that happy when he got in there, but now I'm changing my tune on him. Um, I'm reading the stories to Kevin. This is, this is like the other way around here. But we'll leave RFK for a second, but the U.S. Supreme Court, some, some lady, and I, you know, I don't know, of course you never, you never get the whole story, but uh, she's got... She she got a she's got a two point one million civil penalty from the IRS. Now the uh, the Supreme Court get a look at this. Supreme Court re- denied granting a hearing to an eighty two year old woman Monica Toth, who was embroiled in a battle with the Internal Revenue Service. Although Justice Neil Gorsuch, who, by the way, I'm starting to get a huge respect for. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, willing, I'm willing to say I might have been wrong about this guy. Signaled that he he would hear the he would hear the case. The other another eight won't do it. You know, it doesn't matter which side they're on. They, they, they don't want to do it. The Supreme Court receives thousands of cases each year and denies the vast majority of them. In January, the high court turned away a toss appeal over a $2.1 million penalty that the IRS imposed on Toth after she didn't report a foreign bank account. $2.1 million? On Monday, the Supreme Court again turned it away, blah, blah, blah. The petition for rehearing is denied. Justice Gorsuch would grant the petition for rehearing. Um, which means the lower court might look at it because he wrote a very strong opinion. But the uh, how much is that bank account? Whoa, well, here, here, excessive excessive fines caused you serve as a key check in economic sanctions. But they're saying it, it's against the Eighth Amendment, according to their attorneys, cruel and unusual punishment because the, it's a civil penalty, but yet it's a, intended to uh, be an example to other people. Well, you only do that in a criminal criminal case. I mean, I'm not an attorney, but. It's not, it's not up to your regulators to find somebody so much where other people get... You know, well, what was her taxes supposed to be on that well, bank account her, she wasn't reporting? According to the lawyer, her lawyers, her, her father left, fled Germany for Argentina in the 30s <laughs> after <laughs> he was assaulted for being <laughs> Jewish in Germany. He became a successful businessman before his death in 1999, gave Toth millions of dollars in Swiss bank account. Now, they don't say she got it untoward or him or anything like that. She failed to report it. Yeah, and she didn't pay taxes, and now they want some. Well, but I, I don't know. If she, um, what I don't know what kind of interest rate those guys pay. I mean, I, I have no idea. Well, what if she's got a fifty million dollar bank account, hasn't been paying taxes? Well, maybe she, join join the party of big farm and everybody else. I mean, she, maybe she, she must have paid Swiss. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know the details. All I know is that the, uh, uh, you know, that he he had money in there from the. She didn't put it there. Is the point? Okay, so it, it says. 
In, in, in 2012, the IRS imposed a $2.17 million civil penalty, saying her failure in 2007 to report the account on a, so, on a so-called F, FBA, our former Hellenist, was willful. After she did not pay, the government won a judgment against her for the $2.7 million, plus nearly a million dollars in late fees and interest. So now they're up to plus 3.17. The Boston-based U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals had early ruled that the Eighth Amendment's protection did not apply in her case because the IRS's civil penalty was not tied to any criminal sanction and served a remedial purpose. Uh, Sounds like double talk to me. Yeah, and then how... Well, like, I don't know. What if she was really cheating? Cheating and doing what? Was the old, well, old man gave her to dope? Aren't she supposed to... Aren't you supposed to report on a step-up basis of whatever your securities are with? Or, or I think you said money in a bank account. I mean, what, what do you side with the government? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> asking why would you ever want to do $2.1 million fine or something? Well, what if sure, Would have never wanted to. I mean, it, I'm saying that they're, they're or, saying uh, that the fine million. was, it was, uh, it was, it was designed to, like, set a precedent. Yeah, but, but don't but, cheat. But, I mean, the point further on is just, can the government just take money from people to set precedents? That's the, their whole job. Well, okay, now that they're broke, does that mean <laughs> if, if you owe them uh, 100000 $100, in taxes, they can give you a fine of a million for not paying them? I mean, why not just take money from people? I mean, it, do. is there a limit with this? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, okay, but you seem to, <laughs> no. you seem to like <laughs> it. I, I don't like it so much. Well, I don't, and if she's cheating, well, you know. What's, why not make it $20 million? Bleep her. Make it $100 million. What's the difference? Then she's got, I don't know, as long as it goes through the courts and she gets a... Okay, but I mean, I, I, all I'm saying is th- this, I don't know where we're going with this one. And I, because I, I have some, unfortunately, uh, experience with this. It's like this uh, SEC is going against the uh, this Binance and this Bitcoin stuff. Not the Bitcoin necessarily, but a lot of the tokens, Kevin, saying they're securities. So now every state is piling in. For those that don't know, the state... Secretary of State's office has a securities division, and I'm saying they do nothing except read the paper. And whenever the SEC has does some work, they pile on for a fine because they want the money. I'm not so sure it's the government I'm designing, Kevin. I'm just saying. I just saying. Um, Greg seems to like it. I'm not so sure you do. I don't know if I oh, like it. Or you, you have you have more agencies. You have more enforcement. You uh, that you know that means you'll uh, by definition have more enforcement, more watching, more intrusiveness, more mistakes, more all of it um, that goes along with it. And nobody, I, I I agree with you. I don't think anybody would design the government this way. Um, what uh, but the problem with it is is we, you know it, it's it, it, every organization's like this every big corporation does the same thing you you come up with these these little pieces and you add a piece here and you add a piece there and as you get down the road you find out that it's totally unwieldy um this is when people do um you know do uh, massive reductions um if if they were if they do it wisely it comes with a full reorganization of the company and streamlining a lot of things they don't usually do it wisely by the way but that's another issue um but it, you know you you just find yourself so bloated um and that's just how bureaucracies work well i, I someplace somewhere and that's why I, i'm all, i'm really pissed off at trump is he i think he had some of the instincts about how bad some of this is and he actually had the skill set, and I'll say the skill set, to get an office 
And, it's, and instead of knuckling down and doing what he said he was going to do, God knows what he did when he was in there. I mean, uh, it, you know, made it. Well, I mean, there, there, there was a, a lot of initiatives that happened, and uh, and and we shouldn't discount right. those. Yes. The the problem is that he's saying that there's a whole lot of things that he'd do, and uh, if if you're following any of the Trump versus DeSantis stuff, DeSantis keeps going uh, asking the question every time Trump says, "Well, we're going to do this and we're going to do," and 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 DeSantis goes and says, "Why didn't you do it when you were in office?" Yeah. As he used to say on the training floor, the "I be gonna," you know, I mean, you didn't do anything. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, no, you didn't. But I'll, t- I'll say this, DeSantis, if he gets in, is going to find out how hard it is to go against a bureaucracy. I don't, I don't know what you can do from that spot, because you're not going to have Congress on your side. You, you won't have Congress on your side. The, the, probably the most important thing, is, as I think about this, the most important thing that a president can do, and, and, and even in Biden's case, he's you know, been very successful in doing this, whether he's the guy making the decisions or not, doesn't matter. It's, it's, you have to get people who a are on your agenda and, the, or on some agenda, because that's yeah. what I think it is with Bi- in Biden's case. I think they're on an agenda that I don't know that Joe Biden himself would have ever invented based on his past history, but, uh, but not really the point. The point is that He's got a whole administration that is hell bent on uh, on doing things a certain way, and that uh, is something you know. Trump was was god awful at hiring people, um, he, you know. He and and you had uh, you you had some people who were around uh, throughout his administration, but then you had this other group of people that was just a revolving door because he's you know he just doesn't. He, he he doesn't identify good people. He, you know, my impression of him was he gets enamored with of somebody quickly without really knowing the person, um, and then he tries to bring them on board, and then half of the time he's disappointed because he he makes crappy hiring decisions, and he's used to living in a world, or he was used to living in a world where you just said, well, bring them on board. If it doesn't work, we'll fire them. Well, in government, you have to have a bunch of people. Who are willing to fight to the death because you're going to get so much resistance you still may not be able to get done all of what you need to get done or even half of what you need to get done but uh, but without you know without a really strong army basically an army of, of uh, people who are on your on your agenda nothing's going to get done well you, you need a you need an individual which is uh, really hard to do that uh and I know I've known one person, a few people, but one really sticks out in my lifetime is a gentleman who used to run Mesro, a guy named Jim Tyree, that essentially saved Maris High School. He was on the board of all kinds of places, and he was the guy who, who saved the Sun Times. You know, for for the whatever it is shape it's in, at least it's here. He's the one who said, "No, you can't be with one paper in this town and put together money to keep it going." But Jimmy had he could have four or five at Mesro for a small firm. They did really well. He put four or five really strong personality people that probably could never, if they sat in a car from here to Seattle, they'd all be dead by Iowa. They probably could never get along because they were very strong-minded people, but Jimmy could deal with that. He could deal with people that had really strong, he was never intimidated, he was just a little bit stronger. And I just, I can't imagine, who was the guy from Exxon? Who I think actually was a... Rex Tillerson. Yeah, was a terrific guy. I can't imagine him and Trump in the same room. 
But the difference in intellect is, is night and day. Well, it, it's it's partly intellect and it's partly, you know, just a, a willingness to listen. Um, uh, you know, ultimately the way it has to work, and this is, you know, this is just one of those management things in general, is you have to be able to put the people, the decision makers in the room, and there's an, ultimately there's a decision maker who is usually the CEO, or in this case the president, who is going to finally say, okay, we're going to lock down and here's what we're going to do. We're going to lock down the conversation. But you have a really robust conversation with people disagreeing and people, and then you have to have all of those people who disagree with each other and who have sides, you know, you have to be a consensus builder, and consensus doesn't mean I have 50% plus one of the votes. It means I, you know, everybody who, you know, who who isn't getting their way can at least live with what you're going to decide. And now you have consensus and you decide, and everybody then has to go out to the rest of the world, whether it's the rest of your employees at your business or whether it's, um, you know, the rest of the political world, and say, here is what we are doing. Here is what we decided and what we are doing. And uh, and I didn't see a lot of evidence of that from the Trump administration. What do they say in, uh, real quick, what do they say in, in Star Trek? It was, I was a Trekkie, where uh, the young kid had his first actual, he had, had people underneath him, and he said he didn't know what to do, and then Riker says to him, what would, what would Picard do? And he said, well, that's easy. He would ask everybody's opinion, everybody would be free to give it, and then he would make his decision, and everybody would jump right behind it and jumped on board. <laughs> He goes. That's the essence of leadership. Go do it. He said, that, okay. that is, but that re- that also requires uh, trust. Yeah, you know, tr- trust from the top and trust among the uh, the leadership group. And that was the place where you know when Trump would make bad hires, it was people with other agendas. They didn't trust each other, so yeah, it, it makes know, it a problem. It, it was going to be a problem. SP futures up one. Nancy futures unchanged. Not sure exactly why we're stopping this week, but we are actually no. We had the Russell was way up yesterday, so we've had movement within the market. We'll talk about that when Russell's on. We write back stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. 
For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tim We got Greg Pappas on the board. We have uh, Kevin O'Neill with us in the Zoom. SP Futures up 2, NASDAQ Futures up 275. We've got Dow Futures down 21, so not hardly anything going on here this morning. Over in Europe, we've got uh, DAX is up 20 cents. Boy, boy, that's a snoozer. Uh, Putsy up 9, call that flat. Kakaron down 2, call that flat. So we're not exactly sure if they're big rally last week, why this week we decided to rest. Nikkei, however, is heading south for the first time in a long time after a 30-year high, uh, down 593. That's almost 2%. Hang Seng up 152.8%. Shanghai up two. Let's call that flat. The amazing uh, <coughs> disconnect between the Japanese markets and the Chinese markets on a daily basis. I, we will have to ask Russell about that because I don't exactly sure why that is. Yesterday, Dow was up 10, S&P up 10, and Nasdaq up 46. So just a little bit to the upside. Bonds down one basis point, 3.68. The Bund unchanged 2.37, Japan unchanged 0.42. We've got oil back up over 70 bucks, 72.44, so up almost 1% last night of 70 cents. Went up 69 cents, 76.98. Natural gas unchanged at 2.26. Arbob unchanged at 2.56. So that much going on in the oil patch. Gold down 337, 19.78. Silver up 2 cents, 23.69. Copper up a penny, 3.78. We've got Bitcoin, which had been getting hammered. Done a little bit again today, down 60 bucks, 26,903. And the U.S. dollar is a little bit a little bit down. And pound is uh, 1.24, back over 1.24. And the euro is back over 1.07 and 1.071. So kind of quiet in this range, but up, down, up, down a little bit on a daily basis. Greg, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Sox good, uh, Cubs not so good. <laughs> Morning, everyone. 6.35 a.m. in Chicago here, 72 degrees. Uh, abundant sunshine, high of 72, which is now tonight probably about 56. Phoenix, we've got 93 right now. Uh, at night, probably about 67. Clear skies the whole day through. Uh, traffic, inbound Edens, Kennedy to Montrose, 22 minutes. Or Kennedy, Montrose to the interchange, 22 minutes. Lake Cook to Jane Byrne Interchange on the Edens is 44 minutes. Ike, Wolf to Interchange is 33. The, on the Dan Ryan, we've got 95th to the interchange, 18. Stevenson is 31 uh, from 294 to the Dan Ryan. And then northbound Tri-State to O'Hare is 34 minutes. Sports, we got the White Sox, Giolito, six hitless innings as the White Sox beat the Yankees 3-2. to two. Diamondbacks rally against the Nationals. Um, they win 10-5. to five. And then Trout comes up big in the Angels 7-4 to four victory over the Cubs. Cubs are up, Cubs are up four zip. Yeah. And don't <laughs> score again the rest of the way. Yeah, that was uh, Otani, I think. Well, uh, they put, uh, what's his name in, in the Sox game? Hendricks, the guy who's a cancer survivor? Yeah, uh, that was his first one back. Well, his first, or his first save. Well, the yeah. first pitch, the guy, the guy loses it. Oops. Yeah, it was 3-1. to one. All of a sudden, oops is right. Uh, yeah. Then he, then he throws two balls. I don't think I've ever seen a ball. I've seen him short before. I'm going to say that the announcer goes, that didn't go halfway before it hit the ground. Yeah. It was really something. But then he, he righted the ship. Um, 
Yeah, the uh, and the, and the Cubs uh, not so not so much. But yeah, we got basketball tonight. Yeah, the Nuggets are two and a half point favorites. Um, over unders two fourteen and a half, so it might be a shootout. And the biggest news, best for last, the PGA Tour and Live Golf announced a merger yesterday. So how about that? That's all. Yeah, that's, we got. that's really something. Um, what do you? Uh, so if you'd have, you got almost five to one on Denver originally, right? What do you suppose that's down now to? We're, now the money line tonight, I think, is 150. So I mean, uh, for the whole series. Oh, for the whole series? I didn't check that one. I can do that. I'm saying if that's down to 3-1 to one and you had the 5, do you, you take the other way and lock it in? I think you would take at least a game. Well, the game, game doesn't get game. you there. you got to well, hedge the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had... I don't know. Who do you think's going to win? I, I think uh, Denver's still going to win. They're going to get the best yeah. team. But, I mean, it's... Miami, I'm impressed with the coach. I'm impressed with the team play. I, I think they're going to be a tough beat. Yeah. Yeah, you know who the lead assistant is? Actually, no. For Miami, you remember Chris, Chris Quinn? Yeah. Yeah, well, Chris Quinn, is, uh, he's, he's been an assistant there for quite a while, and he's the lead. He was up for several uh, head coaching jobs and may still be. Um, and... Uh, uh, good guy, you know, re- uh, really good guy. When back, you know, when when I covered uh, covered them, uh, covered Notre Dame, um, you know, all all Big East point guard, you know, that kind of thing. Very good, very good ball player. Played for the Heat for several years, and then uh, got into coaching, coaching and administration. He spent some time in their front office too. No, how come they didn't fire the Boston coach? They fired everybody else's lost the playoffs. Um, good, good question. Uh, and, and and I don't have an answer for you. The uh, hey, I, I don't want to beat this one to death. But I'm going to beat it up a little bit more here. This Supreme Court thing. This is what uh, Gorsuch wrote, and this is what really struck it with me. Uh, it's just a little bit. I'll read it. Uh, this is in Gorsuch's a, a dissenting opinion. And this is the part I have a problem with, even though Greg seems to think it's okay. The government did not calculate mistoff penalty with reference to any losses or expenses that had occurred. The government imposed its penalty to punish her and that way deter others. Even supposing, however, that Mrs. Toss penalty bore both punitive and comp- compensatory purposes, it would still merit constitutional review. Under our cases, a fine that serves even in part to punish is subject to analysis under the excessive fine clause. And it's uh, that his attorney said that Gor- Gors- Gorsuch is the only judge who realized that this is what uh, is, was at stake. Is, and, and individuals like Monica are left helpless to the whims of the government, no matter what size of the penalty that it picks. And they're saying that these these types of things, uh, Clark Neely of the Cato Institute also speculated federal agents might make similar moves against law-abiding citizens as it goes deeper into debt. This is, I think this is a big deal, Kevin, I really do, and I'm surprised the other eight judges uh, poo-pooed it. Just saying. Yeah, um, I'd have to go read the opinions and, and well, I don't see know if there what, was one here. So about, you don't think there? You don't think there was a, a no? They just, they, opinion. Just, they just said they weren't. They just hear say it. no thanks. We're not. Yeah, taking and he it. wrote a dissenting opinion to their no thanks, essentially. So he's out on his own on this one. I, like, I think they. I think that, don't they give a reasoning why? I don't when think they so. Say no. I don't think so. They send it back to the other guys. Yeah, if they have to give reasons on everything, that's going to be. Yeah, they don't. Well, I'd like to think they have a reason. <laughs> One would think, but evidently he... Right, they, they can just look at it and go, well, we don't have jurisdiction, or we don't have, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the plaintiff doesn't have the standing. You know, I mean, that's that's all the routine stuff. Wouldn't they say that? Well, there'll be a list uh, of reasons, but, I, but I'm saying nothing... It's it's unusual, I think, for, for one of the guys to write a dissenting 
view of this of them not hearing a case. I, I don't think that happens very often. What's the case called again? Maybe I'll put uh, this in the links for... Toth versus... Uh, they name it in here. What the hell is it? It's not on the emergency document. No, it's... Uh, cases. It's here someplace. Uh, Toth versus the United States. The Supreme Court number 22-177. All right, I'll throw that up in the links. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, I get very nervous when this happens. <laughs> I see what's hap- what happens in the securities world. And it, the thing that you know, everybody wonders, where, where does this chief guy get the things that piss him off? Well, here's, here's what pisses me off. And I don't know if anybody knows this. Or pro- some people do. Obviously, we have some pretty smart listeners. Um, the regulat- regulatory function used to be uh, the exchanges. They were self-regulating, okay? The SEC and the, and the, and the NASDAQ took over a big part of it, the NASD. Uh, NASDAQ is the trading system. The NASD was that group. Well, somewhere along the line, I'm going to say a, a bunch of years ago, as a matter of fact, the lady who was the head of FINRA became the head of the SEC, and she was, a, I think, a Notre Dame grad. Well, FINRA is now a for-profit regulatory group. So they've taken over all the regulatory groups from the... Well, the NAS- government has outsourced. They've outsourced, yeah. essentially, CBOE no, no longer does. I, they probably have some sort of a regulatory group, but they've essentially out, outsourced all regulation to FINRA. And FINRA is a for-profit organization. So the person who runs FINRA gets, gets paid, get bonuses based on the fines. And I, I think that that is horse bleep and have from day one. So that's kind of the, the thing behind my beating this one up this morning, Kevin. So sorry if I did that. I don't think that's a, that's a good structure at all. Just saying. Yeah. And, and you know that better than I do, so sure, I, have the judges I'm, I'm not even going to argue the case with you. Well, I mean, what what if your what if your your city police department became a for-profit group, and it, every time somebody gave a, a speeding ticket, whether you needed it or not, gets a gets a bonus? Well, are, are like they the are they not a for-profit group? It, isn't there isn't there you know time we're be, we're behind on our ticketing this month? Uh, uh, it's time for us to do some catch-up. So. Well, it's 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 one thing to go out and and, and try a little harder. But you don't have to try hard to get speeding tickets now. You just don't want to pull a guy over. Nobody wants to pull him over. But, I mean, you, you don't have to try to find somebody. I would, I would say, Kevin, and, and if you were to say over 95 miles an hour you get your car impounded, we, you and I, we could, we could take 200 cars off the Ryan in two days. Just saying. I saw a guy you, pulling. You could. The I wouldn't want any part of the job. I wouldn't want any part of the job. No, I'd have to have a bunch of people with us. But, uh, anywho, but that's... Uh, so what um, we, were, we were talking last week kind of without you uh, a little bit about uh, is, is any of the stuff with the jobs, you, you've mentioned there's some layoffs around, there's still people hiring in some areas. Are we starting to get some people through the education system to filling out some of the jobs we're looking for? I was reading yesterday that the, uh, who's got the new, the new chip plant down in uh, Phoenix? Somebody oh, that's Intel, I think. They, they're, not, they're talking about like four thousand people are trying to hire now. What what would that skill set be? Would you think? And how much do they have to? Is the first thing they have to do is put together, you know, fifty instructors there to, to teach people the Intel way and then and just start a little bit at a time? Or how, how would they even go about doing something like that? Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know what the skill set. I've never been in a chip factory, so it, it would be real interesting to see. I mean, obviously there's the standard stuff where, you know, you have uh, uh, warehousing and you have distribution and, you know, all, all of that. 
but what goes into the manufacturer, what kind of robotics they use, what kind of technology is behind it. Um, I, I'm not really schooled in that, and so I, 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 I can't tell you the specifics. Um, I would imagine, however, um, that there, you know, that people who really do know uh, robotics and automated production and so on would have to uh, be part of it because I don't know how you would make those things. You know, I mean, it's not like people are manually putting together chips. Well, you need a, about $40 Let me see billion if I can put a billion it. transistors on this little this little wafer. Yeah. Uh, so that ain't happening. I wonder, can you, you have to, do you have to design? I would guess you got to design and build those machines yourself. You're not buying them from somebody, are you? Oh, uh, I, I doubt that there's this uh, market where you call up and you place an order, but uh, it, they're probably all custom-built. That doesn't mean that Intel is building them themselves necessarily. They may be, but um, but that doesn't necessarily... There may be another company that is just there to supply chip makers with uh, equipment, or there may be multiple companies. Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to get a like a two-day tour of the place? I would. Wow. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The first and, one and opens the one that's going up in Ohio would be great. That that's that's nearby. Which one's supposed to open sooner? I think the one in Arizona. So Arizona yeah. opens in twenty twenty four and then the next one, the five nanometer chips or four nanometer chip or whatever, will open in twenty twenty six and that will be a three nanometer chip. Is it that's Ohio or is it Arizona? So those are both Arizona. I think the the T S M C increased their investment from like 15, 12 to fifteen billion, up to forty, in order to do this stuff. Well, that's some money. Yeah. yeah, Arizona has been in the process. I mean, that that goes way back before the uh, Chips Act. Um, that was so, McCain. Didn't McCain put some of that together? And he's when he was uh, still alive. I have no idea if McCain was involved. I know he was. I think he was there for the groundbreaking or something. He's still alive. I'm not positive on that, but I think he, you know. He, well, of course you can eat your face on TV. Are, are, are you like sure that. they were the groundbreaking wasn't for his funeral? Oh God! God. The uh, I'm saying I think he was. This this has been ongoing. This was before COVID. This thing was started, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. What's what's the? Yeah, it takes a long time to get up and run it. I'm, I gotta say, what four or five years? Gotta be to put one of these things if that that size together. I mean, it's. I mean, you probably can get pieces of it going, but the whole thing, that's a lot of people. And uh, well, they've got a lot of universities out there. I mean, it's not like they can't feed the place with people. Oh yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, a growing population there. There's there's plenty there. No water, but they got a growing population. Just saying. The uh, it always is fascinating. I know that listeners maybe get bored with it, but the, uh, the the water rights fight in the West is always really something. How everybody's water comes from some other place, and and it's really. If you live in Chicago, where normally there's water all over in a trout now, uh, you don't you don't really see that the uh, that the big fight for water is like between a Denver suburb and a Phoenix suburb, but it really is. It would never even cross your mind anything like that would happen if you lived. Saudi's in Saudi's got a piece of the uh, Arizona water. Yeah, well, they they feed their livestock from, or at least a portion of it from uh, Arizona water. <laughs> well, that's everybody has. Uh, that's why you're you're. Uh, a lot of your golf courses are are named ranches because that's the only place the old ranches had water rights, and you and you had to buy a ranch to make a golf course because otherwise you would have any wouldn't have any water right. You don't you don't just buy a hunk of the desert and say, run me a pipe. I mean that's not that's not the way it works out there. You have to already have the water rights. And uh, one of my clients, I mean he he was an Arizonaite from way back, so you would actually uh, do something called he he had a gorgeous house. A little off topic here. Gorgeous house in Chandler, Arizona, 
Audrey and I stayed there. But we're talking about a gorgeous house. We we stayed in the the coach guest house, which was really spectacular, with a huge workout facility. With because he owned a health club, so he had like half the machines brought to his house. And uh, so anyway, but he they do something called flood irrigation there. Kevin, you ever heard of that? Nope. Well, you, you can't. It's so dry that it would be really ignorant, like turn on a sprinkler like you would in Chicago, because half the stuff evaporates before it hits the ground, right? So he had an area where you know, it was his house was in the middle of this big area. So you, you get to flood it with like an inch or two or three of water like once a week or once every two weeks or whatever. So you flood the thing, it gets real wet, all his grass grows up, and then you, you rent the thing out. He rented it out to a sheep farmer. The guy would come by, and you, you got something like a dime a day per sheep or something. So they, he brings in, you know, several hundred sheep. They eat the grass all the way down to the, to the nub. Then they go on to the next farm, and you flood it again, and the grass comes back, and they come back. So there's a rotation in, like, the sheep. But you, you flooded it once. You, you never had to put a, you never saw water in the air because when it's, when it's like, 2% humidity, the water it just evaporates. So you'd lose half of it. So you flood it at night. And then, or you used to. Well, those kinds of places, that's where you would build a golf course because you have the ability, you have water. You've already had it from way back in the day. So then he he built like 80 home sites there or something, or some huge number. We had big lots and everything and swimming pools. Guy made a fortune on the whole thing. But it was something he bought in the 50s. And But flood irrigation, I never heard that term until I went out there. It's it's pretty, but if you don't, if you didn't have it from way back, you don't get it, you know. I mean, unless you find a way to buy somebody else's, there's no, I don't think there's any new water rights. It's, it's a whole different world than being, being in Chicago sitting next to Lake Michigan. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. No. And as a matter of fact, Not they keep... yet. No, we're, 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 well, we're, I, think, I think we're a ways away from draining Lake Michigan. Yeah. Well, the, the only problem we have here is they want our water. But fortunately, it's pretty hard to get it out there. Uh, just just saying. So, Kevin, what the, this, this series... I'm going to say if I if I got the five to one or what did Maddie say it was four point seven five or something to one on the original money line and now let's say it's down to two and a half to one. Do you do you uh, put your money down on the other side and, and know you got a winner or what? Uh, well, I, I, you may put your money down on the other side um, and and think you have a a, a winner, uh, but you don't. But you may be just saying I'm. I'm I'm taking a shot, and if I win, I win. And you you know, try not to uh, try not to bet what you, more than you can afford to lose. But you you know, it may be time to take a flyer where you never would have before. Well, it, it, it's, it's I'm just I'm going to work this into trading um, for for those. If if you were to, for instance, if if you were to buy a stack and it down at like at like forty or something, and it runs up to sixty. Something you might want to buy the fifty-five puts and lock in something, All right? So you're going to pay the money for the puts, but now you you can sell it at fifty. If it keeps going, you want it. But now, if you if you got five to one, and you put a thousand dollars down, okay. So if you win, you you make five thousand, you get a six thousand dollar payoff. Well, now if it's two and a half to one, and you bet it the other way, you've essentially locked in twenty-five hundred, right, Greg? If if you want to lock it up, yeah. So you can lock in. You're gonna lock in twenty five hundred and say I'll just take it. You got to pay juice too. If you well, lose. yeah, a little bit of juice. Well, yeah, yeah, a little bit of something. You got to wet your beak, right? 
Well, but the, the uh, you know ultimately the point is that the thing worth watching. It, it it really it really gets down to this, and and what we've seen with the other teams against Miami is Miami, um, a they'll take a punch, and uh, and b they're they're really scrappy. So, you know you kind of you go into the series with Miami thinking we got we got these guys we're the big favorite we're going to win, and then they lose a game and they say no big deal we we have a whole series to win here, and then they win another one and now now you get to panic, and panic's not a good way to play either. You know you can be very motivated you can say uh, I better get my butt in gear and go, but when you hit that panic button. That's when people start throwing up shots. They, you know, uh, ill advised. Everybody wants to be the hero. Everybody, you know, everybody's looking for the killer. So you get yourself up five, and you're saying, "All right, the dagger here is going to be uh, is when I knock down this three pointer right away on the fast break," and and they start doing ill advised things, and, uh, and and I think that's that's what Denver's worry should be, as long as they stay within themselves. And the Bulls were really good at this when they when they lose a, a game in a series back in their championship years. Um, you know, they, they were just really good at saying, okay, so they got us that time. Let's go, uh, you know, <laughs> let's, let's go figure it out. Um, and, uh, and then they'd come back and they'd win. They might have to really battle, you know, really hard to get a road win somewhere, uh, but they got them. Well, I mean, it's, it's very... I think if well, I, I've never played at that level, obviously, but once once you even get into a the uh, the playoffs in a softball league, first of all, you, you see people you didn't see during the year, but that's that's a Chicago softball phenomenon. Uh, but you had, playoffs? <laughs> oh God, you ring for playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, who's that guy? <laughs> Talking playoffs? Yeah. Um, but the, me? you know what? Uh, I mean. It, yeah, Joe's oh, Jim Morrow. That's one of the all-time greats. It's it just one of those things. This is what I think. People who don't play a lot of sports, a lot of games that you play, you go to them, and we ended up won the championship one year in the radio league, uh, and we were always writing it right there, knocking at the door. Uh, but there were three or four good teams. You have to. You go into a game and you sit there and go, "We have to play the best we can play, and even then, we may not win." It's not a question. If you never played anything, like some of the, the knuckleheads around all these sports shows, never played anything, you don't realize how how good the people are you're playing. It's not that you didn't. It's like you know, you read yeah. It's it. like you, you look at the other team and they say, "Well, they get paychecks too." Yeah, you know, as a pro. Yeah, there was the thing. You know, why didn't why didn't Wilt win nine championships, or why didn't Magic Johnson win nine championships? Because look at the Celtics. <laughs> why didn't Larry Bird win nine championships? Look at the Lakers. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like you know, the the, the, the people you're playing are that good. I I just I think that after watching the second game, Kevin, the um, the amount of th- the percentage of three pointers. Miami has to make to beat these guys since they have no inside game like Jokic. I don't know if that's sustainable for for another five games. Do you? So I mean, no, they're, they're and and they're going to have games when they just don't shoot well. I don't. If, if it, Miami has going, a slightly it's going off, to happen, and they're yeah. going to lose those games. Yeah, Miami has a slightly off shooting night. They don't win. Where the other guys could possibly get away with it because they can get an eighteen point quarter out of that center. I mean, I don't know who I don't know who can guard that guy. I mean, is there anybody in uh, there's a couple guys probably. The guy in uh, Philadelphia is probably big enough. There's a few people, but not very many. The Bulls sure don't have anybody. Well, and, and he's he's interesting to watch because you, you look at him and you go, well, gee, he's not very athletic. Well, it turns out he actually is. Oh, yeah. What he, the only thing he isn't is fast. 
You know, and, and fast is not the same thing as quick. He's very quick. Um, he has a really good sense. I think one of the most all-time underrated uh, athletic gifts is peripheral vision, um, where some guys just, you know, they feel a lot. They, they have a wider range of vision, and so they are seeing things that others, you know, would not. And, um, it, you know, he, and he appears to have all of those. Too. Yeah, and he, and, he, and he can shoot. Yeah, I don't uh, on top of it, and, and you know, so I, I think when you I look at it, it um, free throw. you know, he he is hard to stop because he's so huge, and you don't want to step out because he's strong enough to, and and his ball handling skills are good enough that he can drive past you if you step out. So you give him the three, and he he can make it. He's uh, when you say he's not that, um, well, I don't want to compare him to me. I sure as hell don't. But I was never all that fast either. Uh, Kevin, but on a basketball court, I could always, maybe because I wasn't so fast, I could always essentially dribble at my top speed, and so can he. But he, it's not like most most. Well, big and that, that. that's an, another another good basketball yeah. skill. You're right. The ball doesn't slow you down. Right. He's, having you're just as fast with the ball as without it, and uh, you know that that was Larry Bird. Larry yeah. Bird wasn't a speed merchant, but he was he was just as fast when he had the ball as he was uh, when he didn't. Now you turn that around, you look at a, a Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan. The ball didn't slow them down either, and and they were fast. Well, but I mean, this guy's not going to win any races, but he had a a coast to coast layup. Where he he looked pretty fast. I mean, the guys the guy, guys were surprised at how quick he got down the floor dribbling it, because he just went just as fast as he was running. Well, imagine yeah, how long he's, he's not a dork. Yeah, you know, you 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 can not have this huge, you know, chiseled body and still be quite an athlete. He's a a brick bleep house. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember uh, John Madden when he first coached the uh, uh, well, back when they used to have actually a, a real uh, Pro Bowl game. He said he got to coach all these people from all these other teams. And he goes, I was, I was so surprised at how different everybody looked. I mean, there were guys that, that should have been in Mr. Universe and were absolutely chiseled. There were other guys that almost looked a little dumpy. <laughs> there was other guys, he goes, but they all were just as good. They all had the heart. They all had the skills. They all had the foot speed. It's, you, know, you can't really tell by, by looking at somebody how good of an athlete they are. I mean, it's, I mean it, and I think it's true to a lot of extent because basketball, like you said, my – Remember my uh, my buddy Bill Moriarty? Bill was a good ball, ball player, but he he was the guy. He heard all about this Larry Bird when he was in college in Indiana. So he drove the wherever the hell Indiana State is. He dro- drives down for a game in his old old VW Volkswagen or uh, Bug, and uh, next day he can't wait to call me. And he goes, "I saw this guy Larry Bird play last night. God, is he good? He's better than anybody says he is." This is when he was in college, and I go, "He goes. He has all three things. He is." He has incredible hands. He has incredible court awareness, and the third one was, uh, and he can shoot, and he has he's a very quick release. He goes, those three things get you a long way, which they do. <laughs> hands, court awareness, and how quick he releases, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and, and 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 yeah, and so you know, you look. See, people think of tend to think of athleticism as just running and jumping, and and. Your point and my point are the same, that there is so much more to it than that. Those are really good things to have. To be really fast and be able to jump really high is really good in basketball. Um, but you need all the rest. And if those, and, and how many times have we seen the great athlete who wasn't a great ball player because he didn't have the other stuff? Right. When I mean, you look at a, a guy, we've got to go here in a second, but 
the Cubs have this guy, Nico Horner, when they brought him up, what, what three or four guys got hurt? Was it like three years ago before COVID? And he was, was he even 20? They bring him up out of double A just to play second base. You watch the guy one game and you sit there and go, he knows where he's supposed to stand. He reads the ball off the bat very well on anything hit to him. He knows how to run the bases. This kid's going to be good. And sure enough, he is. And he, there's a sense about him. He knows he knows the speed of the game, the speed of the players. He has a, he has a certain sense to him. What's that? You know, and uh, you know, it's just the way that it is. Anyway, Kevin, thank you very much, buddy. Talk to you on Friday. SP Feeders up 550. As if you're up 21, looks like the rally is going to keep going here. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, the professor, Russell Rhodes. What's that? Uh, playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, Stocks and Jacks. I'm out with Greg on the board. SP Futures up 650, and Futures up 21. Looks like the the tree is going to grow to the sky, Russell. What's up? Of course it is. It, that's all it ever does. It goes up, up, up. Every, and every time it tries to go down, it catches the bid and goes up. What, uh, normally when that happens... The Fed is pouring money in. They claim now they're not. Uh, where's it coming from? I don't know. As long as it's not coming from doctors and lawyers, we're in good shape. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were listening at all earlier about this uh, Supreme Court thing. that has me all frosted. And uh, and the thing about RFK, actually the people at Fox admitting they wouldn't let them on to talk about how ineffective the vaccines were because Pfizer was such a big sponsor. That's kind of chilling, isn't it? It's very well. It, I, I, yeah, it is kind of chilling because I like that. I, I, I'm, I, you know, you have the political spectrum on here, and then you have the spectrum of naivety. Did I say that right? I don't know. But um, and, I, and I'm the one that believes that that that's at the far, far end of believing that everybody's relatively good and nobody does crappy things. <laughs> um. And yeah, I know. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and every and every every day that if, you, if, if, if if this were a job interview and you asked me what my biggest weakness is, I would t- that there it is right there. 
Um, that do you that, find that? You know what? Yeah. This is going to surprise you, but I uh, I started out like that too. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, and, and I'm, I'm you know slowly but surely. We're getting uh, we're getting a, la- a little echo I'm from you. Are you like, are you in the Zoom? I, we're getting a little echo from you. Uh, I'm in the Zoom. It's just uh, I, I'm I'm in I'm, I'm in a cavernous place. Ah. So you're in a cavern. Yeah. You're a. Uh, you're, you're I'm in cap- no, I'm in the, the entryway of my house. No, I'm not. It should get better. Okay. Just a second. I'm having equipment problems on my um, on my end. I had it when people have equipment problems, you know. I'm trying to sort them out. Okay, I'm done sorting out equipment problems. There's a pill for that. Yeah, there's a pill for that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. Okay. <laughs> and God, and God, God knows I get I I, I get that. I, you know what's funny is before we're Who done, made that pill? I'll probably have an ad pop up on my phone for it. Oh, I know. Yeah, so don't up. so don't name it. No, and you don't it, want it. And it got that and it got that much subtlety out of everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I can't believe I, I stopped. Uh, as I mentioned everybody, I went and hit a. I was so pissed off at my machine yesterday. It took me two hours to get working again for my B. Uh, that I went over and, and and had a huge workout. And anyways, I gave this guy a ride home. Uh, but I, I walk in downstairs to watch the, the Sox game. The guy next to me, all of a sudden he's talking. I'm going, who the hell is he talking to? Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. He's yelling into his phone in the bar. I'm going, can't you just tap it in there, you idiot? But it, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't say anything. I mean, is, is this going a little too far or what? I mean, everybody seems to know yeah, what I, you're doing. I, I, I guess, yeah, you know, somebody that's drunk at the bar that's fighting with Siri. Um, maybe it's better that they're fighting with Siri and not, um, not people. Yeah, I guess. That's probably true, <laughs> but that's gonna that's gonna lead to a people fight because somebody's gonna get sick of sick of them doing that. Yeah, one would think. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, I'm just just saying. But uh, yeah. we have it's it's somewhat of an unusual move in the market. Um, but last week we talked a little bit. I talked you know with the Hal the other day about it. Um, you know, the market to a certain extent creates its own momentum because everybody gets more and more more and more buying power right every time it goes up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, but is there? Are we are we totally? It was very narrow, and now it's broadening out a little bit. The Russell's going up. Uh, well, that, and that's that's yeah, and that's what I was. Uh, that was uh, that's what I was hoping would happen. Yeah, you, you hear all of this. Um, you know, the, the most recent theme, I guess, on the business networks is that we've got bad breath, which just opens up for all kinds of jokes, et cetera. Well, but, I mean, we the eighty-four percent of the that's, that's historical, man. Eighty-four percent of the the value in the Nasdaq this year is in seven stocks. That's real rare. Right, but but if you were to to do extremely well in the stock market, um, or you were to go back over a very long period of time and figure out, uh, you know, over half, you could figure out that like over the half half of the S and P five hundred's performance over the last fifty years. Uh, Came from maybe ten or twenty percent of the stocks. This is common. Uh, it may be. It's extre- not... It may be. Ex- it, it may be extreme, it, but it. It we we've seen that we've seen this before. Uh, um, I I think it's. I'll lob this one out there. I'm not saying it's, it's a truth. I'm just for your consideration, Professor. <laughs> it's somewhat different once you reach this level of concentration because. Even if you're in your attempt to not be concentrated, you add to it. When I say that, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna mm-hmm. if I interview a client today or tomorrow or the next day or whatever, and I say, um, I'll say, you know, do, do you want to 
chase the seven stacks? And most people will say no. Uh, maybe some will say yes. Mm-hmm. Or, or I might say, actually, you know, I don't, one thing I have been saying lately is if we want to talk about these seven stacks, I'd rather be in the QQQ because they're, they're over to seven or what, 55% of the QQQs now is more than that, isn't it? Uh, maybe um, maybe sixty yeah, percent. Usually, usually the well, usually if, and, and before we've had you know, a, a large cap, a large cap concentrated tech rally. Uh, on on average, usually between fifty and sixty percent of the Nasdaq's market cap was, was the top ten stocks. Right. So what I'm saying is so, even so now you know I haven't looked at the numbers now, but now it, it, you're probably you're probably dead on that well, it's either those ten or a larger percentage or. You can get to half of the market capitalization using maybe five companies. No both, problem. Both Microsoft and uh, Apple have had a higher move in their capital this year than the entire 93 stocks, other 93 stocks. But what I'm saying is, yeah, I'm, if yeah. I if I was gonna, you know, if Grandpa Russell wants to wants to drop me, you know, a big bunch of money to manage, we would have you know several conversations. But one of them would be, so do you, do you want to? Uh, the stocks that are taken off and racing, but if somebody says I, I want to be involved in there, I for one, I mean other people, you know, maybe have this skill or, or tell people they do. I wouldn't want to be the guy that picks one or two of the seven, with the hope that I pick the right one or two. I mean, I just that's just not. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've never felt that was my skill set since day one on the floor. When you have to trade every day for a living and you walk in and say there's four stocks in my crowd, well, that one's going up, that one's going down, these two are unchanged, you, you, lose, that, you, you lose your pride on that pretty quick, right? Because, you know, you, yeah. you really can't do that. So, but, but, if I, but I were to say to somebody, if you want to participate, let's be in the QQQs because then we're all of them. But, and then somebody, and I, and I buy, you know, $400,000 worth of Qs for XYZ client today, you know, whether I hedge it or don't hedge it, that would be up to the individual client and his needs. But the point is, I just put 240 into seven stacks that I might not even like. So it's totally yeah. exacerbated by the, the... I mean, people might say, I don't want to put my money in those stacks because they're up too high. I'm going to put them in the S&P. Well, you're still buying them. So I don't know if this phenomenon, yeah. this phenomenon was not quite like that 30 years ago. And if you're, and what's funny is if you're saying I, I don't want to be in in those stocks, but I want to be, you know, within the S and P five hundred. Uh, if you're not going to be, and, and when you, so when you just take everything and put it, in a, you know, a spy ETF, uh, you're equally weighted now. You know, you're not even underweighted the stocks that you don't like. Right. But they I think if you explain it like that. You know, well, then you're ju- if if you're going to do that, well, you know, you said you didn't like Apple, uh, you know, putting in putting in the S and P five hundred, you know, five six seven percent of your portfolio is now in Apple. Yeah, yeah, Great. Apple and Microsoft both are seven percent. They're both seven percent, Greg. Is Apple and Microsoft now? Oh, the Qs or the SP or the SPY? Uh, SPY. Really? Yeah. Wow, yeah, I would not have guessed yeah, that. they're double they're double digits in the Qs, even. The last time I ran the numbers, one was I think Apple was twelve and Microsoft was ten percent of the queues. Well, you know, it's it's weird so, because we yeah, those those two have always been about a fifth under normal circumstances. Well, when I say we, uh, I'm no longer even a member, but uh, when I was on the, the CBOE uh, board, we it's probably before Russell, 
we we were we somebody had an idea of getting an ETF together on the on the uh, auto industry, and no matter how you sliced it, uh, this is when you still had Delphi and you had uh, God, there's a, you know there's a million companies. They had a couple tire companies. I mean, it was Firestone was in there and maybe uh, Goodrich and uh, Goodyear and they 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 had a group of like twenty of them. But no matter no matter how how you took the knife and sliced it. General Motors, Ford, and, and at the time Chrysler were still going to be 55, 60% of the, of the index. Mm-hmm. So you're, we're almost at a point, I, I, I think, Russell, and I don't know how you do this, we're almost at a point where there ought to be, a, 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 you know, this 7, I don't know how you would adjust the 7 in and out because some of the 7 does change. Um, how you would say, here, I want an index of the bottom 93 stocks in the, in the QQQs. You almost want to split them well, off. Well, the, be- the the way, the, the the closest thing to doing that that's simple, is the equal weighted index. They, where they where they where they reset, <clears throat> periodically reset the index to each of the hundred names being two percent of the portfolio. Yeah, that's uh, like RSP yeah. or and it, EQL. And there are there are e- there, there are equal weighted ETFs out there. So. Um, I've been play. I, I've been playing the catch up by shifting from Nasdaq to the Russell 2000 because I just feel like uh, the the just spread like between the two matter. is way too much. Yeah. yeah, and and when I do that, I'm definitely not in any of those really big stocks, um, for sure. Well, as I have but, some money to put to work today, and I think we're going to probably put it in the Russell. And the only thing I'm pissed about, we should have done it last Thursday. Well, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Should, I, I used to have every time I'd say that, say something like that. I used to work for a manager that would say, "Shoulda, coulda, woulda." Well, yeah, but I mean, he would just say it that way, and I'm like, "God, dude, stop." Well, saying well, that. two and two and three percent moves, two and three days in a row in an index. I, I know, I know, I'm uh, maybe I'm talking old old time trading, but <clears throat> these kinds of moves generally were not bull market moves. I mean, you never had no. big up days in a bull market. You'd be a big, you had bear market rallies, which would rip your face off. But uh, I just, there's like, you know, two opposite ends of the, uh, you know, of the magnet, uh, Russell. One is, you know, you uh, when it when it keeps going up, you have and you have more and more buying power. You want more and more, more and more money, right? Yet the other mm-hmm. side of the, the other side of the coin is there is some level of some place of which. You know, the, what you're buying is just not quote worth it. Now, worth it is a different word in today's world. I mean, when you know, if everybody, there are people that believe. I mean, that if they passed a law that says you can only buy the bar- stocks and you can never sell them, that in six months we'd all be rich. But you can't, you can't really create uh, wealth that way. It seems like you can, but mm-hmm. in the end of the day, you sort of can't. I mean, depending on I mean, you're an economics professor. I mean, uh, the guys that I learn from, um, and, I, and maybe they're wrong now, <laughs> but uh, well, they, they, they said, look, when you, at the end of the day, the, the wealth of a nation is all the stuff that you have, your cars, your bridges, your houses, the intellectual things you have in your population. I mean, the, 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 uh-huh. the uh, human capital, for lack of a better term. And then all the currency does is put a price on it. You can't 
you can't it is what it is you can't double it you can't triple it <laughs> by by mm-hmm. by tripling your currency but that's the school I learned from but now I think I'm a voice in the wilderness I mean now it's all can we if we can get the market up we're going to be wealthy it's not like if I earn enough for the next year to have a kid through college and oh by the way now there's a human being with a lot more knowledge and oh by the way I've got a bass boat that's not how we count things anymore it doesn't appear now it's strictly, mm-hmm. you know, values of stuff, which is, I don't, in my world, that's not all that healthy, even though obviously I love the market, because only in the U.S., well, maybe in Europe or some places, can you actually be a part of Microsoft. I mean, it's an incredible thing that mm-hmm. you can actually be a part of companies like that. We had people up from, oh, yeah. from Mexico, and they, you know, they were investors, and we did some classes for them. Whole different point of view of the world. I mean, I we, we went... We had a bunch of cocktails this one place, and I, they said, "Well, you know, Tom, what's your view of the?" Of, I said, "Well, I said, you know, in Mexico, I said it would be nice one of these days for people to make a good salary." And oh, by the way, if uh, at the time, what was the uh, Pemex and what was the what was the? Uh, uh, it was the uh, concrete company uh, that was huge. Uh, the one that, well, they had the telecom. They had the big telecommunications. Yeah, but they, they had a Telmax. Telmax is what well, I was thinking of. Yeah, Telmax, and they had, they had a big concrete company. I said the the idea for the the average person in Mexico being able to own a piece of AT and T being and they looked at me like I had thrown four heads, and they said, "Why would we ever want that? Why would we ever want those people to own anything?" <laughs> they said it right to me. I mean, this is this is somewhat of an American, maybe European view, and even in Europe. And so, some of the, ban- the banks own eighty-five percent. A lot of companies, right? So this is really yeah. Is that crazy? Individual, individuals don't really own stocks in Europe. No, and definitely don't trade. Don't don't trade like we do. So uh, but this is a purely U.S. phenomenon. Well, maybe Australia, mm-hmm. Japan, and I think it's a spectacular thing. That's why I'm in the business. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't no, mean uh, you know, that if you just but if you if you if you triple Microsoft market value tomorrow, that we all have just tripled our wealth. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't go there. You know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on this. So, so I don't know how you you do it's uh, CX. It's listed in Mexico. CX. Semex. Oh, yeah. the, is that yeah? Is that the co- cement company? Semex. Yeah, it's cement company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we had got. If we're going to build a bunch of stuff, we got to have cement. I remember. I, I, I remember an analyst saying that to me like 25 years ago. Well, wasn't wasn't Telmex the <laughs> the most the most uh, Traded stock in a SIBO for a while, or damn near. It was. It, it was. They, there was all kinds of political, and this is back in the '90s. Um, all kinds of fun, poli- '80s, '90s. Uh, all kinds of fun political stuff going on down there, and that's how. What, where, where my mind was going while you were talking is, it used to be, if you were going to invest in a certain country, you would pick. There were always there were like two or three flagship companies in each country. Yeah. And you know maybe that's what we've become. Well, uh, yeah, I mean it. And and is is that just another indication that we're uh, starting to slip our way into a third world type status? Well, the idea that some people the the, the percentage gains go so much to one person or, or one one group of society. And the only thing that bothers me about that is that the only other time we got to this level was in the late twenties, and that didn't end so well. You know, I, I don't think that's going to well, happen. And, and well, and that's we, while you were talking about the, um, you know, the, the concentration of market cap in just a handful of uh, stock. Um, 
I'm certain that in the early, and I know people automatically roll their eyes when, when you hear something like this, but I'm certain if we go back to the early 1900s, there was a period of time where, uh, you know, U.S. Steel, U.S. Steel and a couple of railroads uh, probably dominated the market in a massive way. Now, were those were those things yeah. all public? Yeah, they were. They, they, they were, you could buy shares on the exchanges, but... You know, 80% of the shares may have been owned by one guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, what was, uh, there, I mean, how much were, of, uh, how much of the New York Central could you buy? I mean, uh, railroads, if ever, I, mean, I don't know how much, uh, if you, you wouldn't want to give a whole class there was, that. There was a period of time in the late 1800s where I think railroads were about 90% of the market cap of the U.S. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Well, yeah. they they gave the five but, Western... But again, but again, they would only issue, like, 10, 20% of the company to the public and hang on to it. But, and, and also, back in the early 1900s, uh, you know, if you and I got together one afternoon with a, with a, at the bar with a napkin, we could write up a stock offering and offer the stock a couple of days right. later with no proof that the company's even real. Wasn't U.S. Steel so, just J.P. Morgan and Carnegie? Yeah, that's the thing. Together? I don't know how much... Uh, Greg just asked the question, how... How, mu- how much of U.S. Steel was owned by other people it, w- when it started out? I, I don't think too much. How much oh, was I'm it? Sure I'm, I, well, you know, back then you didn't do venture capital. No. You know, that, I mean, that was the closest thing to And if you needed money, uh, you, could, you could, you know, raise money on the stock exchange and raise money on the stock exchange just based on reputation. Well, I read, uh, yeah. this was a kind of a fast, of course, I, I, I read this stuff. It must have been a, a listener years ago sent it, and of oh. course I, I lose it, Russell. And uh, they talk about the the ten or was maybe the twenty richest men ever in the U.S. Okay, and it uh-huh. was it was the most, one of those fascinating things. I mean, you know, maybe you can find it because you you guys are better than that. But it did it, it. What they did is some somebody went through somebody or somebody might have had some peeps. Maybe he was a professor with some peeps. Uh, uh-huh. They went through all the way back to, to like Revolutionary War times. And, and figured out the wealth of these guys based on a percentage of GDP. Or, or it was either GDP or government spending, one, one or the other. And the wealth some of these people had versus today is like something you, you, you wouldn't believe. I mean, some guy owned... Oh, yeah. I mean, one, one guy, was a, he was a, a, a fur trader or something in, in like 1805 or something. And the guy had whatever he had... And, and somebody owned a big, some Dutch guy owned a huge chunk of Manhattan. Uh, and then they had uh, the dudes that did the ferries in in uh, New York before they had bridges. These guys had had, had wow. absolute fortunes. I mean, Marshall Field was somewhere in there. Rockefeller was yeah. like number one because, but I mean, the other, out of the top, whatever it was, 10, 15, 20 names, I only recognized like five of them. I don't know who these other guys were. They were there were canal operators, but they would make, you know, four hundred thousand bucks or something when the when the the U.S. budget budget was like five hundred. Was like it was, as a you, you no, couldn't have it. They make six, six figures when you could go to lunch for fifteen cents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a that, that's the one that blows me away is when you you know you hear somebody being a multimillionaire and then you fight. The 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 thing is, what in the world could they do with all that money? Well, well I guess we we have the exact same situation now. Well, you when know, we started, yeah. before before Russell, a little bit, uh, when I started on the trading floor in 1980, or minimum 80 or 81, I was right near the end of the year, 
I don't want to get my badge 80 or 81, but in, th- in those days, I mean, if you didn't care about building a firm like, like I did, which maybe was foolish, uh, if you just traded yourself and you weren't a schlump, you weren't terrific, because there are only expirations four times a year in your stock, you know, so it didn't. Mm-hmm. But if, if you showed up every day and put your nose at a grindstone, you could make 100, 100 and a quarter a year, which mm-hmm. doesn't sound like a hell of a lot. But if you're, if you're 25 years old, plus before the tax law changed, you didn't pay any. I mean, when I say you didn't pay any taxes, most guys rolled them to next year, right? So mm-hmm. you did something to where you didn't, because you could take them real quick. In those days, even professional traders didn't get marked to market. It was not completed sales. So if you mm-hmm. had any kind of spreads around the floor like I did or did it on purpose like a lot of people did, uh, you generally could could make a couple of closing transactions around. I never did that because I didn't want to be, you know, all of a sudden the tax law changed one year and, like, everything I owned I'd have to send to the IRS. So I never did that. Yeah. I, I, I always, But I'd say I was very alone with that. Most people went for years without paying taxes and anyway can you imagine being greg's age living in chicago downtown wherever you wanted to live making 125 a year with no taxes where a, a nice apartment's 500 bucks and probably a beer is 50 cents i mean talk about on top of the world yeah you didn't know what to do with all that money didn't know what to do with it this says rockefeller was yeah. 1.5 to 2 percent of gdp yeah, and Carnegie was one point three to one point six. Well, that's kind of that's kind of a lot, <clears throat> isn't yeah. it? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, what would that be now? For God's sake, you'd be you'd be two hundred sixty billion dollars a year. That's a lot of dough. I could live off of that. Yeah, but I Not guess. Really. I mean, what do you do with all of it? You watch you watch your pile grow. Well, I mean, there's there's two yeah. kind of schools of thought right now, uh, Russell. Build a bunker. You know, one is. You know, the historian kind of guys like me that say, somehow or another, this won't last. And you, nobody wants to see what's going to happen. But you can't, if, if, if people's income stays the same, relatively the same, or whatever, it's pretty hard to see the stock market three times as high three years from now or four years from now. Mm-hmm. And there's other people, I mean, Joel mentioned it last week, and Joel's been around longer than I have. He said, Chief, maybe you just got to get on the bus that says, these seven companies, given the fact that nobody will challenge them politically, there won't be any antitrust here ever. The fact is, anything that ever happens anywhere that's to the good, these guys are going to own it and they're going to buy it. And you just mm-hmm. got to roll with it. And that's that's our new world. That's the new fascist economic system we have. And you know, I'm I'm wondering since I trade for other people, if I got to think more like that. Well, so I hate like hell to do it, but maybe maybe I do. I don't. What do you think? Oh gosh, I, I like I said I like I like having the, you know, good thoughts and and happy happy warm thoughts with puppies and all that kind of stuff in the world and, but yeah I th- you know that I mean that's part of, it's part of the whole game there is, is have having to understand what the mentality is of other other players, and you know if you don't necessarily have to think like that about everything but you have to understand that there are a lot of people that do think like that. Well, I mean, take take a look at it. Nvidia. I mean, my mm-hmm. my view of the world, where I how I was trained, mm-hmm. is that, and you critique me here because you're teaching modern economics, not what I learned. My view of the mm-hmm. world is, hey, Nvidia, AMD, probably four or five other places. I don't even know who the hell they are. They're not going to let these guys have this kind of a lead forever. 
I mean, NVIDIA is going to take the lead now in whatever's going on with this AI chips. And, you know, just, mm-hmm. just like Bitcoin stuff, when NVIDIA was the best in the world because people needed to mine Bitcoin, which nobody cares about anymore. I mean, somewhere along the line, two years from now, these guys are going to catch up or somebody's going to break through. And, and yes, they're mm-hmm. going to be a successful company, but they're not going to be the lead guy forever. Read Sony, read IT&T, read right. all the... The other side of the coin, Intel, yeah, the yeah, the, yeah. The other side of the coin is, wait a minute, they got a trillion dollars market cap right now. They have scouts out right now. They they stopped becoming an innovator, sort of like the pharmaceuticals in a, in a big way. They've stopped becoming an innovator. They're going to have the scouts out. Anybody, Greg Pappas, Matt Weber, who has an incredible chip idea, they're going to find out about it, and they're going to the, the places worth to Matt Weber, hundred million dollars. They're going to pay Matt a billion to go away. They're going to take his stuff. The, the rest of their life now, they're going to be a massive pharmaceutical that does nothing but buy other people's stuff, and, and, they'll, mm-hmm. and they'll continue to be the biggest. And, That's you know, which is yeah. it going to be? But, and you know what? That you're, a, a big part of what Google does now is exactly what you just said. Well, if you come up with some really, if you come up with some really cool tech, and it might challenge Google in one way or another, they'll 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 buy you out very early in the process. Or even become a public company. It's it's what Microsoft's always done. Mm-hmm. What 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 did yeah. Bill Gates ever do on his own? I mean, he, um, he, didn't, he didn't invent the mouse. I don't know. Have you, ever, you ever seen the mugshot where he got a got a speeding ticket in New Mexico? Yeah, he, I mean, he I'm did not that on his own. Well, he but was it, driving fast by himself, but no, you're not. You're you're absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a super smart guy. Oh yeah, so, yeah. You know, but um, you know, and he he. You know, he bought other people's stuff and saw more potential in it than they did. Well, you f- that's what he did. I mean, if that's exactly what he did. You find a guy that invented the wheel and didn't know what he had and say, you know, if you don't really want that, I'll, uh, I'll, buy, I'll buy it from you. The, the guy that invented the wheel was going to the top of the hill and just rolling it down and laughing his ass off every day. Yeah. And then somebody else, he was the creative fun guy that came up with the wheel. And then, you know, the practical guy who really ran the village, he's the one that said, you know, we could attach... Uh, more than one of those to something, and, and you know, my back wouldn't give out at 27. Well, you know, uh, real quick, we, we got a break. <laughs> yeah, no, there was, you know, there was the creative guy that did the fun, that, that, that did it, and then there was somebody that figured out what to do with it. And you just described a bunch, a bunch of people from 100, 150 years ago that figured out, you know, a way to profit off of something that everybody else was probably seeing at the same time. Well, yeah. Well, I did uh, real quick. We got a break that, here, but. I got a quiz from uh, this Quora thing. It's a while ago. And the quiz was in the, in the Middle Ages or even in, up until the 1800s, uh, maybe early 1800s. Who was, what was the highest paid uh, skill of, like, tradespeople? I, I had no idea. You Horseshoes? No, it was uh, the wheel Blacksmith? guy. Blacksmith? The wheel guys. Oh, it was the wheel guy? To, to, make, oh, wow. to make a wooden stagecoach wheel is a real work of art. Yeah, I guess so. But I, I would not do it. I mean, I, I, you know, whatever. So uh, anyway, SP Futures up three, Nasdaq Futures up eleven. Be right back, Stacks and Jackson.
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everybody. Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tim Howe. Greg on the board. SP Futures up 4 and NASDAQ Futures up 17. We're creeping up, but not as fast as we've been doing the last few days. And we're uh, not yesterday necessarily, but last week. And we've got a big run up in the Russell. So we have had actually a, a, a closing of the gap a little bit between the Russell and between the, the Magnificent 7Q stocks. So we are seeing the rest of the market come back up rather than those go down, uh, which I think is welcome to most people rather than those go down. Uh, Dow futures up 24, and I'm looking at the Dow pre-market. There's nothing in here. I have nothing moving. Uh, I'm sorry, just I was going to say that. Salesforce is up 282. The only one that's uh, uh, more than a dollar. Well, actually, Visa is down about 129. So not much going on there. Microsoft down 88 cents. So uh, not anything crazier this morning uh, yet. And I don't think there will be today. I don't know. We seem like we've gotten into a, a summer kind of week. DAX is up 7. Call that flat. FTSE up seven, call that flat. Keck round up five, call that flat. So, I think if you're trading over in Europe, you might be hitting a bar early. Uh, Nikkei down 593, 1.8%. Hang Seng up 152, uh, that's 0.8%. Shanghai up two, call that flat. And uh, Russell, remember this question because uh, the disparity between the Nikkei and the mainland China almost on a daily basis. I don't know enough about that to talk about it, but maybe you can after I'm done with all this. Yesterday, Dow was up 10, S&P up 10, NASDAQ up 46. So definitely to the upside, but very muted, muted. 
10-year uh, un unchanged 3.71 the bond 0.38 that's up a one basis point Japan unchanged 0.43 so they're really quiet in the, in the bond markets as well uh, oil up 70 cents it's a full 1% 72.44 so back up over 70 Rent up 68 cents 76.97 natural gas up 5 cents 232 uh, gold down seven bucks 1974 but it's bounced back from the under 1950 so now it seems like it's really locked between 1950 and 2000 silver down four cents 23.62 copper up a penny 378 um greg every time i say something's locked between something you guarantee it by monday gold will be either over 2000 or below 1950 let's do it yeah uh, crypto bitcoin's down 143 26,821 is the lawsuit uh Against uh, was it Binance? Is uh, not, uh, CZ and Binance. Yeah, the SEC the other day is taking almost two grand out of Bitcoin. Uh, make that fifteen hundred more. U.S. dollar uh, down just a little bit. The euro is back over uh, one hundred seven and one hundred seven one, and the pound is back over one twenty four one twenty four six. So uh, both of those are gaining versus the dollar today. What do you got for us? Uh, traffic, weather, sports. 7.37 a.m. here in Chicago, 63, abundant sunshine, high of 72 today. Um, Phoenix, we got clear skies. We've got 93 degrees right now, high of 93. And tonight's going to be about 67, 10, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds there. Uh, traffic is miserable inbound Kennedy. It's about 54 minutes from uh, 290, or from Montrose. And then inbound Edens is 100 minutes, Lake Cook to the interchange. Uh, inbound Ike, uh, Harlem to here is about 30 minutes, and White Sox beat the Yankees 3-2, to two. Hendricks got his first save, Giolito, Giolito had six hitless innings, the Diamondbacks uh, rallied against the Nationals, uh, they won 10-5, to five. and then we have the basketball game tonight, Nuggets, favored by 2.5, and, um, and the big news again, is the PGA merged with Live Golf? So how about that? That's I can't. You know, I don't even. I don't even know what that means. So I don't. It means that the Saudis bought the PGA. I mean, this this has uh, no antitrust things that don't order to be professional golfer. You got to. Well, if you, you throw sign up with no, them. they're they're gonna they're gonna get some antitrust scrutiny. Well, that the they canned all the lawsuit uh, lawsuits with this, yeah. so. Now they're not suing each yeah. other anymore. They got no... They fired all the attorneys? And they fired all the attorneys. That's um, not such a bad thing. Or maybe no, they're just replacing them to do all the merger work now. Where some of the attorneys... They're going to have to merger. hang on to them because really, no, they're, they're going to get... Uh, well, Euro, you know, this, this includes the European tour. Right. And that they'll, they'll take a look at them antitrust-wise. We'll take a look at it antitrust-wise. You know, there's there's, but a, there's no a one to do the initial of people lawsuits. that really do not like the Saudi Arabians, and they're going to use that. They're going to use this for political purposes as well. Uh, whenever they were playing a live golf, uh, whenever they played, you know, live golf tournament here in the U.S., people would show up and protest about 9/11. So they, nobody paid attention to live golf, so people don't re aren't really aware of that either. But um, well, now they're I, not suing I, each they, other anymore. You We're mean not suing mean, each other anymore, but the the, the federal government's going to get involved. Just watch. You mean that because uh, see nine eleven? Um, I seem to remember that uh, we had yeah. twenty guys. One of them didn't make the plane, right? And weren't yeah. seventeen of them from Saudi and three from, from 
Egypt, and yet we invaded all but all but four were from Saudi Arabia, and we invaded so Afghanistan, and we invaded Afghanistan and uh, Iraq. I- Iraq. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that doesn't sound quite right, does it? No. Could you could you imagine? Do you think there are any reporters that are willing to say anything negative about this deal out there right now? And 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 if they do, do you think they would ever visit a, a Saudi consulate? Um. Well, let me, let me actually because if, if you say something bad about them and you go in their consulate, you might not come out, or if you come out, yeah. you might come out in pieces. Uh, let me ask, ask you this, Professor. When, uh-huh. you, when you start out with the PGA, which in my mind was a, a, a monopoly to begin with, <laughs> and now they merge with somebody else, why all of a sudden today do you have a problem? Well, you have a problem because somebody was trying to start up a competitor. And the the DP tour was separate from the PGA as well. So, you know, even you know, throw the Saudis out on this one. If the uh, the European tour uh, was going to merge with the PGA, you probably those two right there by themselves, which is part of the deal, would probably have some antitrust, um, you know, issues because they are separate. You know, they're they are separate tours. Do you know um, that? Do you know but, that? But they, no longer. Uh, but you know what? You know what? I, honest to God, if they want to have one global golf tour, where you know how many, you know, how many people, you know, how how many golfers are there that are making a living playing um, on one of those three tours right now, collectively, you know, a couple of hundred maybe. Yeah, a few hundred. Yeah. So we're talking about spending a whole lot of government resources on figuring out if. Uh, an industry that benefits a couple of hundred guys and benefits them quite well is uh, anti you know should have antitrust issues or not well you know the, the are, there is yeah, actually a competing operation um, mm-hmm. would be the US Golf Association I don't know what you know about golf but they actually yeah, no, I, there is no love lost between the PGA and the USGA really no. I did not know that oh god but. without a doubt I mean, there used to be, we're back to, there's only one tournament now that is, in fact, an open. There used to be two. Oh, yeah. There used to be two. What was the one that just disappeared? I don't know. The Western Open was an open. Oh, oh okay. Oh, the one here. Yeah, well, it used to be here. Yeah. We, we, we bleep can that one, right? We, oh, they. Imagine, yeah. But uh, the rest of them, they're not, you have to, in order for you to be on the tour, you got to go to the PGA school, right? Well, that's a monopoly. Yeah. The only people who really sh- who have to feel pretty bad about this, like, were the ones who didn't take the money from Liv out of uh, principle. That, yeah, that, that's what I... If you're Tiger Woods I, and you I, turn I, down $700 million because you're trying to take a stance, and then they do this, you got to feel well, like okay, a pretty Well, okay, the question is, they didn't give you that in one check. It must have been... Do, do they still have to pay all that to those people, or does this lawsuit say everything and nobody gets paid anymore? Well, the people... Oh, I, say Phil took, I think, 200 and you know that's his contract, so it's not like they're. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, was it was it guaranteed but, or? But the PGA p- <laughs> tour players who are offered live contracts and they turned them down, they got to feel like real. Well, I, I guess my question would be, and we have to find somebody who knows this, Greg. That could be your job. Find somebody who knows this. I mean, when they, I doubt very seriously, it maybe happened, but I, I don't think Phil got a two hundred million dollar check to get out to the bank with. There must have been something. He had he had a he had to participate for five six years or something. Now if there is no more tour, I doubt if they own the two hundred million. 
I bet there was an out clause. Oh, I think they still owe him that. It's it's much like if um, I was doing work last night on when when American Airlines bought U.S. Air, and American Airlines took on all of U.S. Air's liabilities when they when they did that deal. It's the same thing. Uh, plus, you know, I think they're calling it a merger, but in reality, Liv is buying out everybody else. Right. So, as, so McElroy was they're not they're not going away. Um, so McElroy so, supposedly yeah. uh, turned down five hundred million, and uh, yeah. John Rahm said, uh, "Well, they, but we're all, we're all speculating." So well, no, they they were they I, were no no no. This was this was public stuff, man. Yeah, but I, so, I, I, yeah I understand the part that these were what people were offered allegedly and so forth. I'm saying that if somebody signed it, it's like people signed uh, American Football League contracts, and when the merger started, if the, if the team didn't go anywhere. You didn't get your money. The only guy who did was uh, John Brody because he signed a personal service contract with the owner and not with the team. He's the only one well, who got paid. And and that yeah, it, it depends on how they structured it there. But That's first off, you're talking about you're talking about people that signed on with the league that got absorbed, not the you know not the main one. Uh, basically, you know, live it. They so can people call like it Phil they want, Mickelson, but Liv is yeah. buying out the PGA. Right, Phil Mickelson so, and so, Dustin so, Johnson yeah. already earned their two hundred or or hundred. So you're saying they already got the two hundred million dollar check? I, I'm going to say boldly. If they if they didn't, it's like uh, it's not going to disappear. It's it, it's like Bobby Benilla. They they probably have their own Bobby Benilla day in golf down. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah. I you guys are probably. I'm saying let. I'm uh. Just because the Arabs have a lot of money doesn't mean that they like to give it away to people. I mean, uh, kind of looks like it. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're but no, they 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 signed a con. You know, what, if they signed a contract to be there for ten years for two hundred million dollars, they're going to get twenty million a year for the next ten years, well, I, unless the unless the entity declares bankruptcy or goes out of business. Well, and I, I, and I guess I that's what I'm I'm trying to find. That you're probably right. But do you do it in such a way where the old the old leave is gone and this is a new place? And say the old one does. I mean, there's yes. ways to not pay people. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are. Oh yeah. It's happened in football. It happened in basketball. Uh, a lot of guys had ABA contracts. They didn't. They didn't get paid. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll just two well, weeks continue. They said if the if the league if they say the league folds, so if the ABA folded, but a handful of teams got to go into the NBA, you know, the new teams. Probably have somewhat of a clean slate, but the okay. teams that were that, that that did not get absorbed in, they're not going to be there to pay anymore. Okay, I just I just would like to see something somewhere that maybe one of your students or somebody did that says, uh, what's his name, Mac- who, who did move? Was it Rick? Roy. Rory didn't. He turned down. Well, like, Rory did not move. Yeah, right, that, I, I, that's right. a guy. That's a guy I feel really bad for. Well, I'm, I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd like to know that before I report mm-hmm. on it is. Mickelson allegedly got a two hundred million dollar deal. Okay, he it's got not it. alleged. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they, I mean, you're, you keep saying that, and it's not alleged. Well, none of us, none of us read it. None of us saw it. Yeah, but you know, when you've got a press release announcing that Phil Mickelson has joined the L. Why the would Lyft yeah? Why would he getting paid this? <laughs> you have press releases you know, all the time in the NFL that Brett, Brett Favre signed a fifty million dollar deal. But if Brett Favre only makes it two years, he only gets ten. He's not. I say somewhere, someplace. So you you want to know if the word guaranteed is in the contract? Uh, long story short, yes. 
I want to know, okay. Phil. Why Gaff- would you think they would renege on their four hundred million? Just saying, they just probably paid like what? ten billion. For well, the now, PGA. That they, now that they're a monopoly, they can renege on it if they want to. We're still going to go play. Well, I'm saying you. <laughs> they're, you I don't, I'm not, they're not going to. But, I'm saying you know. you're, you're probably right. But I, I mean, I, I just want. I'd, I'd like to see that the Phil got a check for fifty, and for the next three years, he gets another fifty, and a December thirty first every year, no matter what. And if that's the case, then you guys are right. Supposedly, uh, this was done above. Uh, above, what's the CEO's name? The the shark. Greg Norman. Yeah. Supposedly, Norman didn't even know about it until like an hour or two before. Yeah, they he's, announced he's, it. he's he's odd man out. But is anybody <laughs> some CEO? He is. But is anybody like like the last contract they give one of these quarterbacks when they're forty five years old? It could be a ten year contract for a hundred million dollars. If they play for two years, they're not getting the hundred million. But that's what the NFL talks about, right? Maybe. Maybe. I'm just saying. I mean, you guys are probably right, but let's let it play out. Uh, hey, quick they, question. Investment question here, Russell, because you you are an expert. You are a man on China. How is it that three, four, five years ago, if you were on CNBC or Fox Business, if you made it through a minute without saying China, gee, Russell's company looks like it sucks. Up, up, China, China. They got they got a guy over in China. You know, don't worry See, about the th- it. The thing is, I, I'd say China, but I would say short China. Okay, well, let's. Yeah. But I'm saying it went from being. Oh, I got it. Let's say yeah. China. Yeah, <laughs> it was you know don't, doesn't matter they got they got a guy in China next year to the stock will be worth Let's three times. Hey China. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but uh, now all of a sudden the place is pretty much falling apart. It doesn't their exports plunge by seven point five percent in May. Uh, they have nothing but debt on real estate. A lot of it is China, held by people China, outside of China China. 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 I have to have my China. China. So, China because. <laughs> God. <laughs> so how is it that that the that the place was a massive driver for our stock market for a while, just because people maybe because people talked about it. Now, now they're going the other way. Nobody talks about it. who's owed money. Nobody's talked about. It. You got people like BlackRock telling you to go ahead and invest over there because you don't because you don't want to make them mad. Okay. You know you're you're hoping you're hoping if you play nice that the money you've made over there that at some point you're going to be able to get it out of there, but nobody's able to get their money out of there. Okay. Um, well, how come I guess? And, it, and I'll it, give you. So you know, you know, Sequoia Fund. Yep. They're the the VC people. Yep. They back some really successful stuff over in China, and they announced yesterday that they're going to uh, divide themselves up into three different entities. Wow. And one of them is nothing but the, uh, the the investments they've made in China. They're separating that out. And when I read that, I was like, they're separating that out because. They're going to end up having to write this thing off, and they and they own parts of like Alibaba. They, I mean, they they've invested in some high profile stuff over there. But I I truly believe they they're they're setting themselves up because they don't think they're going to get their money back. And any of these people, you know, we we often will joke around about people who who have these you know you know in concrete solid views that don't seem to make a whole lot of sense. And you just got to wonder, you know, Jamie Dimon's talking about trying to do more over in China. You got to wonder how much does J.P. Morgan have stuck in China? Well, that's my point. And they're, listen, they're, ta- they're talking. The only reason that I can see anybody talking nice about investing in China or trying to get people to send money to China is because they think that somehow that's going to help them 
get their money out of China, which is stuck over there right now. Uh, so get somebody else to do it, and we can be out, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I, I really, I, I almost feel like they're, they're, you know, that it's a whole, it's a big old Ponzi scheme, and they're just trying to get somebody else to sit. You know, maybe the Chinese government said, if you can, you can talk five hundred million dollars of investments to, to come over here. We'll give you your five hundred million back. Uh, I'm sure it's something like that. I, and I tell you what, and if, and if it, that were the case, uh, I'd like people jailed. But that would be just be me. I talk about pump and dump. Well, that's never going to happen. No. Right, but the the big question is, in terms of our markets, my investors, uh, and anybody who's got stocks, which is, I'm sure is everybody listening to the show, if it was such a driver to the upside. And we have a situation now where interest rates in this country have snuck up. When I say snuck up, five percent isn't dramatic. But if the federal government all of a sudden has to start paying five percent instead of one on their in their debt, that's we're 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 pushing one hundred and sixty billion dollars a year versus thirty. That's a big number. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just an interest. And if it goes higher, you know, God, God help us. Well, if China all of a sudden they still own, they're not not near as high. They used to be our biggest overseas investor, and now I think they're behind Japan. But we're yeah. still not in much of a situation where, if they really get stuck where the sun don't shine, and they say instead of rolling over a hundred billion, we need a check for thirty next week. Isn't there, isn't there supposed to be like an auction now of like a, a trillion dollars after all this stuff with the debt? There, there's there's got to be a catch-up auction because they haven't been doing auctions yeah. because of the debt ceiling. So but yeah, there's going to be a lot more supply come into the market and when that supply comes into the market, it'll, it will be interesting to see how well the market can absorb it. Well, because my, my job is really to worry for investors so they don't have to. Okay, so how, uh-huh. how, how worried should I be about... I don't see these guys going down much further without you know grabbing somebody and pulling them into the, the, the hole with them do you Mm-mm. no I, I I yeah no I, I I totally I can't can't poke a hole in that one at all but I can't I have no I have no idea how to quantify yeah. it Russell I mean is, is it gonna be a little blip or is it you know, you know? I don't know if it, it, it's it's gonna be my much larger what I've read and it's all been anecdotal so far is that it's going to be a, a really massive auction to play some catch up, and you know if, if you know, maybe because people think that interest rates are going to start going down in the next you know maybe the next six months or so, uh, maybe that will help uh, with the auction because if you you know if you buy debt and interest rates go down, you make money off of the capital appreciation of the debt. Right. Uh, so that might help some, um, but you know it, it's much like. Any gigantic trade that people know is coming along, uh, you're going to get out of the way a little bit. You know, if you if you got to put money into government bonds in in the next couple of weeks, are you going to wait for that auction or wait till that auction passes? Uh, much like you would wait for, a, and generally you wouldn't, but because it's supposed to be much, a much larger one than than normal. Uh, you know, much like if you were thinking about if, so, if if one of your customers asked you to, you know, buy shares in X Y Z. Uh, yeah, and you might say, and, and you know they've got a secondary coming in the next week or so. You might say, well, let's hold off because a whole more, a whole bunch more shares are coming to market, and we're probably going to be able to get this at a better price. So what you'll probably see is, you know, the the talking heads on TV talk about rates going um, going up a bit because people are waiting for the big auction, and then after the big auction, we'll probably just go back to some normalcy. 
Um, how, how long do you it, think? It'll the, be it'll be like a uh, you know in this case it would be avoid buying in front you know in, in avoid buying in front of the news event. Then when the news event happens and the auction pretty much goes okay, uh, and you got to assume that all the large investment banks in the U.S. are gonna make sure the auction goes okay because if it doesn't. Uh, the the ripple effect could be pretty nasty across all the you know that I, I guess I guess that makes the bond issuance a too big to fail deal uh, or a systemic systematically important deal, but the the powers that be uh, they don't want to see the overall financial markets in a whole lot of trouble and if they've got to collude a little bit to make sure that doesn't happen, they definitely will and and I can see them you know. Everybody being a team player for the auction to make sure. It well, goes we okay. have some of it. Some of it's natural, Russell. We have, I mean, as you know, because you know, when I talk, the we have a, a lot of clients that have some of their money in the short-term T-bills, making five, ten, or five twenty or something. It's not like they're yeah. still not invested. I mean, they are, but a lot of people have gone with, uh, uh, you know, maybe they put eighty percent of their money in there, and we just buy a few long-term options and stocks they like rather than having the stock itself. Where they're you know they're making some dough in there because I mean the dividend rates and some of these big stocks mm-hmm. are down to zero. Some of the other stocks are getting way up. You know with the Verizon's or telephones because they got beat up so much. But there's a there's a natural. We haven't been able to go to an auction for what two three weeks now, maybe four. Right. So so, so we have yeah, we have uh, money backed up. So it's it's not like yeah. I mean we're going to do double or triple our normal auction stuff just because. There hasn't been an auction, so so I mean, it's, I mean, the fact that it's a trillion and it's normally, you know, two hundred billion. Say, I don't know what the number normally is, but if it's two hundred billion, I'm going to say people are backed up to where just naturally, they have two or three times more to buy right now if they're anything like us. So some mm-hmm. of it's just going to be naturally taken care of, like you're saying. Because yeah, unless unless all that money's been going into small caps. Yeah, I, I just, I just want. <laughs> oh, yeah, I That's just. just well, for two days, but I just, yeah. I just wonder. Uh, I, I, somebody sent me this thing from Yahoo the other day that uh, the, the the QQQs and Nasdaq 100, the 84 percent of the entire move this year has been in seven stocks, and and two percent, two of the stocks, Apple and uh, uh, Microsoft, their movement. Up in capitalization has been more than the entire than the bottom ninety three. I knew it was bad, Russell. I didn't have no idea. Where I, I knew it was extreme. I won't say bad. I knew it was extreme. I had no idea it was that extreme until I read that. Did you know it was it was that severe? Uh, yeah, I was aware of it just because I do um, because I because Nasdaq's one of my big clients. Okay. So I, I do a lot of work on the Nasdaq index and pay a lot of attention to the big components of the Nasdaq. But yeah, I knew it <clears throat> just because it's my it, it's my you know I, I guess my day job is being a professor, so this would be my night job. Okay, right? but it's my yeah my side. So yeah, your side your side <laughs> but hustle. My, but that's my job. <laughs> your side hustle. <laughs> keep you know. up with well, I mean yeah. that's I mean that's uh that's that's why the two of us. If I'm not keeping up on something, you are. <laughs> That, yeah. that, so no, I've been I've been very aware of the divergence, and I and I wrote something a couple of weeks ago about how you know we I hate when people talk about I told you so and and yeah. I was the smartest person in the freaking world, but I did I wrote something in late May uh, or mid May about uh, how it was the widest divergence between the S and P five hundred and the Russell two thousand uh, to start a year, and I think it was the second widest divergence. And whenever we'd had a divergence like that, eventually the Russell caught up with the S&P 500 
uh, by the end of the year. It ha- it took about three weeks for <laughs> yeah. for it to work itself out. It happened a lot quicker than I thought it would. Well, but, uh, um, if unless the Fed is sneakily so, putting money in it, we got a dash here. Is mm-hmm. is the money just coming from the wealth in the market itself? Uh, it's probably coming from uh, money trying to find a place to go. And you know, when when you've had a nice run and not everybody's been participating in it, uh, you, you have you know money trying to find a way to play catch up. And you know, just looking at the charts, small caps look cheap because they underperform so much, and that's probably part of what's going on here. You see, you, you see the Nasdaq getting pushed up to new highs because people have missed out on that trade, and then on the other side of it, you're like, well, what hasn't moved yet? And that's small caps, and they're probably catching a bid because of that. VIX, VIX very low. Is that an issue? No, not at all. It's it's summertime. Um, that's for one. The other thing is you know, the low VIX is just an indication that every time we had a sell-off, we've caught a bid. Yeah. People are, ti- people are tired tired of buying put options on the S&P 500. I am. I in am. reaction to a 1% down day. I I, I I have puts my people all the time to protect it. And I'm real tired. Of, I'm real tired of buying them. But that's getting, uh, we got to come up with a single word. It, you've got put zoc, put exhaustion, put exhaustion. I don't know. Yeah, well that's right. Uh, your, your puts are exhausted. Huh. But puts. you know, hey Russell, take care of yourself. Are you uh, right are you gonna be in town anytime soon? I'd like to see you. I'm. I know. I gotta. I gotta get my kid out of bed early to come see you. Uh, when uh, she was here, I'll that was ter- that was terrific. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about tornadoes with the one. Oh yeah, but well, there's no chance of getting her out of bed. Oh god. Well, yeah. one of these days she'll have kids. No. She'll be, when she has kids. She'll be out of bed. Yeah, she will be. She won't like it, but she will be. <laughs> god, SP Futures up four days. <laughs> Futures up twelve. Russell, thank you. Greg, thank you. Back tomorrow. Stocks and jacks. China, China all the time. China. What was the last time you heard China? Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.